Welcome to Techno and Travel, the podcast of Tunes and Wings. My name is Sabina Spätling and today I take you on a journey of Lubo Uzimi. Lubo is a DJ from Sofia and resident at the famous Yalta Club. He's bringing international artists like Richie Horton and Peggy Goo to the city while organizing events at Yalta or big festivals. He is regarded as one of the most exciting names on the local electronic music scene. In this interview, he's talking about the local scene of Bulgaria as well as its challenges. He's also providing us with local hotspots. Enjoy! Yeah. Welcome to our interview. We are Hi. here at your residency club, Yalta. Your name is spread all over the city. I see your name on every poster or event flyer with Richie Harton, with Dubfire, with Chris Liebing. Um, yeah, it's a very exciting city, I would say. I would love to find out more about it. And yeah, as I said, we are here at the Yalta Club, where you are also resident. Tell us a bit about you. Uh, well, I'm a resident for Yalta Club for since 2005. Um, I, I was asked by the owner and uh, the management to when I was still young and uh, was it was my first time playing at a bigger crowd than 10 friends. Uh, and uh, ever since I've been a resident DJ, then I changed. Um, they gave me some of the uh, booking uh, uh, the booking management so slowly throughout the years I got more and more involved into the planning and schedule and, and everything so at some point in time now during the week I'm like having an office office job and everything and then uh, during the weekends I'm also a DJ and an, an artist Was it the first time in Sofia that you get in touch with electronic music? Uh, yes, actually. Um, my, my, my boss and the owner of the club, uh, before he had the, the first uh, techno club in Sofia, it was located near here, uh, and he was the first that was doing like big raves at uh, in the beginning of the 2000s at uh, in the beginning of the 2000s like it was like the electronic music really hit the whole country massively and uh, we had street parades we had like uh, we had illegal parties and everything and so on and so on so um, actually the first the first ever thing that I went to was uh, uh, Chris Liebing in 2001. It was very funny because uh, last year I got to, for the first time, I got to open for him, to open the night for him, and we were having a laugh because I was telling him about my first experience in uh, 2005, uh, 2001, actually. So, uh, yeah, Sofia was the uh, main place. Then I started traveling around Barcelona, Ibiza, Berlin, festivals here and there, Sonar, Time Warp, you know, all those uh, milestones that every every person that is calling themselves an artist, they have to 
check at least once and get some inspiration and food for thought and, and everything else. Can you tell us a bit more about the beginnings of electronic music in Sofia in general? I believe it was also around end of 80s, beginning of 90s. Was there something in Sofia yeah, before that 2000, 2001 hype? Um, in the 90s, I was still a little kid, but I remember uh, vividly that they were uh, really dark ages because it was right after the fall of the communist era at the end of the 80s and everyone was really 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 poor and um, um, me growing I was uh, like in the first years of the of the 90s we got so many um, music coming from from abroad that until the 90s it was um, it was forbidden to have to own to listen and um, and we started uh, um, I started uh, um, my my cousin was in a band and they were playing like progressive rock which was very influenced uh, influenced by Pink Floyd and all those type of um, music and there were a lot of concerts they were most of them were like free concerts and uh, he was uh, taking me to their gigs and it, th that was like maybe i was i don't know eight years old nine years old uh and ever since like uh, things started to develop um a lot of hip-hop came into the country like the old school hip-hop and uh It was mostly like a wave. We, before the 90s and back then, I think it was, there was some disco and uh, actually Yalta is one of the oldest clubs. It, it was open, it was uh, a cafe on, on, the, on the same place. And um, in 1991, it, it opened like a real nightclub and... Um, And then it was mainly focused on the all the foreign students that were coming to study here, like Greek students and all those other nationalities, because uh, we have really good medical schools and universities and, and stuff. So uh, the nightclub was focused on that on this crowd in particular, and I think after that the Bulgarian crowd during the changes of the 90s, they started facing, uh, turning uh, turning their eyes to those type of events. And it was a mixture of disco, of pop hits and all that. Then, uh, then as I told you, like the hip hop really came really strong in the mid to end of the 90s. And then electronic music like really blew up in the 2000s I think 99 uh, and and the beginning of 2000s and what can you say about the scene nowadays how does it feel partying here what are the important I mean we are at the I think the most important club already what are the other clubs what are the other collectives maybe some artists labels what is currently going on here um The situation for me, I mean, the formula, the 
basic logic that every scene holds onto, it's always what the crowd wants. No matter um, what revolutionary artist you are, if the crowd doesn't get you, you're not going too far. And um, um, now it's very easy for people to uh, to become a little crew and organize something because uh, uh, these days it's very easy to find um, an old warehouse or just a empty room when where where you can fill up with a couple of speakers and uh, and uh, make promotion online you know it, uh, this is very accessible now um, for me the formula has been always been the same of course um, a small market like the Bulgarian market gets very easily oversaturated uh, which at some point proved to be a little bit more on the negative side because uh, people they don't uh, they make choices on their own but also they make choices uh, uh, based on their budget um, so so for me uh, I've I see this like as um, uh, how to say it like um, uh, uh, people decide that this weekend they can go to just one event they cannot go to two, to two or three events more because it it really depends on their budget we we are not really a big city but still you know you, you have to pay for entrance you have to pay for drinks or a taxi or and uh, when this uh, when these things uh, stack up people start to make choices so they say okay tonight uh, for example uh, the fire is playing but in the other uh, part of the town there is something else that it's happening maybe I go there and maybe I know that the fire will come in one year at least uh, one more time and maybe I'll catch him the next time you know it's it's not easy to uh, to 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 go in one night to go to a couple of places to couple shows and is the result therefore that the clubs or at least the promoters talk to each other and make some arrangements or mm, communication between promoters has never been a positive uh, um, at least here in Bulgaria I don't I I've heard many stories about other Western European countries and I know that the, um, um, the formula is the same there as well I mean it As, as much as you are professional and you want to keep it uh, professional with your colleagues and your competitors, you, they are still your competitors. And the good thing about other bigger countries is that you have a bigger scale and you have a lot of tourists uh, in, a, in a city like Berlin and, and many others in a city like London, you have a big amount of tourists that they help you fill the gaps and and you can't you don't really count on the locals while here in Sofia that's your main objective to attract the locals and then you can count on um, let's say now it's maybe 15% 20% of uh, foreign like music tourism yeah yeah music tourists uh, since I think since uh, Ryanair opened the, their 
their flying destination to Sofia because I think they went in pretty massively uh, expanding to Sofia. Uh, there's been a really good wave of weekend uh, weekend tourists traveling, coming here on Friday and leaving on Sunday. And for them, it's cheaper to go out here instead in their own uh, cities, mm-hmm. which is good for us. But I would be more than happy if that if these 15 or 20 percent get to 50 or maybe 60%, you know, because then you can count on a bigger on a on a on a bigger crowd mm-hmm. and of course you can up the scale, you you can do bigger bigger events, more festivals and you know, stuff like that. And which are um, or does Sofia has current up and rising labels, artists, collectives that are somehow directing the future of, of the local scene? Um, I wish there were more, actually. Um, uh, of course, there is Kink, who, who is uh, he's like a pop star now. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, it's really great to see him like playing music all over the world and he still plays Sofia. I think that even that he plays Sofia, he's not um, he's not as respected from the locals as I would really think that he would be. Uh, but you know, it's 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 always like this for the Bulgarian crowd. They're, they have been much more interested in the foreign imports. Than the than the local exports, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but besides King, uh, like if we if he was the first and we try to compare everyone else uh, after him uh, with him, it's really tough to to really say if there is a good standout guy. I know a couple of guys that they actually went living in London or Berlin, and. They're pretty much uh, considering themselves more from the Berlin side or from the London side, and uh, they live and produce and they work there. Uh, so, but having artists here based in Sofia and producing music and working, of course, there are. Um, maybe they have to develop more. <laughs> you know, I. It, I'm not saying that there aren't any. There are many skilled DJs, uh, but from the producer side, I don't think so much. And which labels and DJs would you name? Uh, DJs, for sure, I would mention the Metropolis Mm -hmm. guys who have been, you know, as I was saying, like still competitors, but also uh, friends. We are actually neighbors. In the in the neighborhood where I live, and so we see each other on a daily basis. Uh, they are one of the oldest crew out there. They've been uh, doing events uh, since the beginning of the 2000s. Um, also, there is a there is a cool uh, new crew uh, that they that they opened uh, their own club actually. Uh, end of last year which is called EXE uh, 
the guys which are behind the crew are um, really enthusiastic, energetic, uh, and they are in the early 20s, which uh, gives them the boost of... Uh, of the youth, you know, of the young age, they don't have to care about. Uh, the day after, <laughs> uh, they don't have to care what they're gonna do tomorrow morning, and they can still uh, party as much as they can. I'm not saying that I don't party as much as I did before, but you know, at, I have some responsibilities yeah. to take care now. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there are many, uh, many aspiring. I the it's not an issue, it's not a problem really, but when you have a small market, when you have, and, it, and the market is uh, divided into a lot of small groups, you can't really find where the, where the good stuff is, you know, and there is, it's a funny thing, you know, like you get a, a, new, a, new, a new collective, a new label comes online, like with uh, their message, like we are this, we are that, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And three months later, it's gone. And the same people that they did the collective, maybe they split and they form their own collectives mm -hmm. now on their sides. And they have a similar, uh, similar message, uh, similar statement. And uh, with, a, with such a small market, if you just imagine it like a playing field, like like a football field, you have way too many players on that mm. field, and there is always someone new that comes in, stays for a couple of months or maybe a year if lucky, and they go out. Mm. And uh, of course, they're all we are all um, working based on the uh, business logic of mm. things because in the end of the day, mm. you have costs for this, you have costs for that, and and you need to make sure that in order to maintain yourself and to continue with your statement and with your actions. Uh, the costs need to be on the green side, you know, <laughs> not on the red. Uh, and I wish some of these collectives would stay for longer so we really see their potential grown up. But sadly because of the small market, it's not really possible. Mm. And I know saying this from the um, steady, uh, from the steady position that, that uh, Yalta Club and the mm. festivals that we do uh, gives me, I know it's easy to say because if I, if I was on their uh, place, probably I would be in a totally different uh, position. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's what's really, um, uh, helps you to continue doing what you do. I mean, and how did Yalta establish this position? It hasn't been easy. Um, uh, as I mentioned, competition is is a it's a cool thing when you play it with the with the, with the cool players. Uh, of of course, if we know what is to fill a night for a one thousand people or for or to do a big arena show for uh, 12 or 15,000 people. We also know uh, nights where we have, uh, where we had like five people on the door or maybe even less, you know, and uh, there is no, uh, there is no textbook on this. You, you can't really go to a school and uh, 
learn about all those things, about how to be cool enough to attract everyone. You just need to be able to feel the pulse of the of the young people, you know, to be able to tell if what's going to be their next direction because uh, the young people is what they is is what drives all those events into forward direction because on paper at least on paper uh, the young people is uh, the next generation that pretty much forms um, the tastes uh, what's trendy what's not trendy what what's what musical style it's cool now and 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 what's not so if you can't feel what they want uh, you are playing a very dangerous game at the end uh, but uh, it's a it's a complex thing it's it's a complex mixture of how to um, keep the people entertained uh, you can still repeat yourself you uh, you can still work on the same formula but just the ingredients are uh, different mm. because generations change um, and uh, the new wave of uh, uh, young people going out uh, their taste is different I remember when it was EDM and trance then it was uh, really commercial house music then it went uh, slowly it became uh, it became techno. Now I see the techno slowly slowing down. Mm. Let's say slowing down. Uh, uh, Where does it head to right now? Um, if I knew the answer, <laughs> I would be much richer than I am. But um, <laughs> uh, I would say that it's cool that I hear a lot of melodies back back in the. Uh, back in the music because for the for the last two or three years uh, the mainstream the main electronic music drive was much more um, like the music was much more about a kick drum mm -hmm. and much less about something uh, uh, something special mm -hmm. something to surprise or, or or maybe just a challenge to challenge the ears. Mm. I'm not saying that there wasn't any, mm -hmm. of course. Um, it's cool that, uh, for example, really uh, cool DJs like Dixon and Ame and uh, Solomon and uh, Tell of Us are getting so much exposure right now. I mean, they are turning into, into real pop stars now for me, which is, which is great because they're bringing melodies to the to the to the masses you know i i just what i'm really having fun with them is that um, they always like to call themselves techno which for me this this isn't techno for me this is just house music you know because house music came with with the melodies with or the vocals. melodic techno how people is calling it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if if you if you go to Beatport, like at least they fixed the deep house uh, s uh, section, it it's much better now. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think that we're going back to melodies, which is cool. Uh, 
this will bring of course uh, something cool to the table as well and yeah I think that we are on a, on a good direction because you know this music is always into cycles it goes into cycles and uh, I've seen the electro cycle I've seen the uh, minimal the minimal techno like then EDM was born techno and now let's see I think it's gonna go really into the progressive house the, where where you have a lot of melodies um, there have been a, a big amount of progressive DJs who has been uh, they were actually quite popular here in the in the beginning of the 2000s like the the moment that electronic music from the street parades and big raves went into clubs. Uh, the first music that was that hit the clubs was Progressive House. Uh, and now I think maybe more than 15 years later, act actually things are going back into the same direction, which is kind of cool. You already said that um, with other DJs from the scene, you're living uh, close to each other in one neighborhood. Yeah. Um, what are the places in Sofia where the people from the electronic music scene meet? Are there special bars or cafes or parks um, uh, where you can be sure that you found one that at least likes electronic music or is somehow involved? Uh, it's... Um We don't have a, we don't really have a, a hanging place. I wish I wish we had, but um, Sofia actually has a very uh, vivid um, uh, night bar um, life. Uh, it has a couple like few really good places for um, uh, for 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 cocktails and you can where you can listen to electronic music and, and where is that uh, I would definitely recommend uh, Sputnik it's uh, it's 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 nearby and um, uh, what else uh, there is a, a a vinyl shop during the day vinyl shop and cafe during the day uh, and I think it's also a an event space during the night. It's called uh, Micro. And actually that's the only place where you can go and check on some some vinyls if you are into that, ty that type of stuff. Um, uh, there are a couple more cocktail bars, like there is a, a place that it's called uh, the the cocktail bar yeah. <laughs> not really uh, not really inventive but right. they have cool stuff there and it's a nice location I've been there yeah. yesterday okay. I walked by it like in a park or something right yeah and it's in the center center yeah, yeah like everything here is center but you know um, and what are your favorite um, let's say cafes restaurants where you personally love to go to um, my favorite maybe that I go really often is um, it's called Araqueta which means rocket like yeah. <laughs> I go there tonight I'm really excited yeah it's really cool and uh, uh, actually Sputnik is located right next to it so you can have a, 
a good uh, dinner and then you can uh, have a couple of cocktails right next to like it's like full service into into one convenient space um, yeah I mean uh, there are a lot of pizza places uh, no, and I like on on the top of my head there is uh, uh, Massimo which is like it's uh, it's simply it's it's simply Italian and actually they don't have pizza there they just have pasta but it's like uh, if you want to have the proper Italian pasta you go there um, of course there are many uh, local uh, local cuisine um, restaurants even even Raketa is on the same page they just have uh, a, a modern twist to it. And what is your favorite local, local Bulgarian restaurant? Uh, the local, local. Uh, uh, there is one that is called, uh, in uh, Bulgarian, it's called Manastirska Magernica. It's, it's, it's been a winner for local cuisine for many years. But I don't really go that often there anymore because I stopped eating meat uh, Four years ago. As a Bulgarian. Yeah, which was very difficult. <laughs> and all my friends are still making jokes uh, because before I was, I was, I was, I didn't sit on a table without meat on it. But yeah, I mean, people change whatever they say. Uh, actually, there is one vegan restaurant that I would definitely recommend. It's called Soul Kitchen. And it's everything is super delicious there. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know what else, but for Bulgarian cuisine, the the Magernica is is really cool because it has the old the old feel, like the it's in a house, like old Bulgarian house. It's it, it's it's proper experience, uh, especially if you are coming from abroad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, what are the highlights that are up and coming, either for you, for the club, in terms of festivals or events for Sofia, like the next, let's okay. say, months? Um, it's um, actually you're 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 catching me in a very interesting uh, year, to be honest. Uh, for uh, this Saturday, of course, we are. Uh, closing the club season with uh, Dubfire and Chris Liebing playing both rooms um, on, in the beginning of July we are doing uh, this open air event next to the Sofia airport uh, which is uh, called Solar our, all, all of our festival events are actually called Solar and we uh, throughout the years we did uh, different types we were doing solar Christmas around Christmas time naturally uh, we were doing also solar Easter around Orthodox Easter uh, because it's different Catholic yeah anyway and uh, and we were also doing uh, solar summer but that was located at the seaside at the Black Sea coast where for more than 10 years we had uh, something like a residency at uh, the most famous venue there which is called Cacao Beach mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. still working but for the past two or three years they had real issues with government mm -hmm. and uh, 
they got uh, they got uh, they got sound restrictions imposed on them, and uh, that was a real problem for us because uh, our our events are during the night, and uh, we can't do uh, daytime events because during the daytime there are tourists that mm. they want to hit the beach because the venue is located on the beach and uh, we can't use the beach during the day so it was a situation with no with no possible choice and uh, actually this year now is the first year that we are not going to do anything in August while since 2004 we were doing like maybe 10, 15, 20 events like there. We were, we got... Things actually were really, really good for uh, for a while there. You know, we, uh, we... For for the for the foreign tourists coming to Bulgaria, it's it was cheaper to listen into one night. We had um, um, David Guetta and on the next night we would have The Fire and Loco Dice or like... A, a, a mixture for everyone. Like on Friday we had uh, Tiesto, on Saturday we had uh, Richie Holtin or Fatboy Slim and then someone else. And it every night was completely full and completely like full with people. Like it was 50-50% of uh, foreign and locals. And then like during the years uh, a lot of other countries uh, started doing similar stuff of course there is uh, there is Romania there is Croatia and uh, while there the government is uh, supporting mm. this development here it was the opposite the government started working against us they said we want to do we want to make the seaside resorts quieter mm. we want to uh, give peace to the to the tourists to have them uh, a quiet uh, summer you know. and uh, somehow we we didn't manage to settle these questions we didn't manage to to find a possible solution where we for example have a uh, a specified area just for parties and for clubbing and have another area which is just for the uh, tourist type mm -hmm. and um, it was a matter of sitting down like uh, but it was there were too many people involved mm -hmm. uh, too many sites involved mm -hmm. and uh, we never got to the solution and yeah I mean this year it's the first year that we don't do anything and that's why we focus on Sofia. Uh, and on the 6th of July, we do, uh, we're doing uh, Paul Kalkbrenner and Richie Hotin, which is a funny combination, but actually both of them really like the idea because they're quite, uh, quite opposite uh, uh, from each other. And um, of course, they want they they ain't going to play together, but they play one after each other. But um, I think it's a pretty cool event, considering uh, you don't get to have them sharing a stage together at uh, mm. at 
at one night. Of course, they play festivals all over the world together, but not in this setup. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's very exciting, and um, yeah, how the government is standing to or which position it has within the electronic music industry. It's always, of course, a big matter. Um, yeah. I keep my fingers crossed for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for the insights. I think Sophia's um, scene here really stays exciting, and um, let's see what happens in the next years. Oh, for sure. Uh, it, it will be uh, definitely an interesting uh, end, I think, after big changes like this, there, there is always... Uh, a, a cool, a cool push for the for the people going out, uh, and um, mm, we actually push the club now a lot uh, to give the club a little bit of scale because, as I was, uh, as we as we mentioned earlier, the the techno that got really mainstream, uh, like really went. Uh, into a big festival um, type of shows which at, at some point it got so big that the club was on the um, on on second mm-hmm. on second plan and now we want to reverse this we want to bring uh, more young people to the club so they can it's a different type of clubbing you know when you when you have the clubs it's there is the social element you meet new people you can speak with them while when you go to festivals it's like big stage and um, I still uh, I still like both but I think that young the young generation should uh, learn more about the clubs because there are many people that they have never been to Yalta they've been only to the big festivals and uh, it's a different type of thing. You 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 get DJs playing uh, four, five, six, eight, ten hours, which you cannot see that at a festival. Even at uh, uh, Meadows, where 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 you were, you get so many DJs playing so so many short sets. It's really a pity because you can't really hear and uh, get into the story in the journey yeah. yeah that everyone is telling yeah. Yeah. thank you so much for the interview thank you so much for the insights thank um, you. let's stay in touch and yeah, see how sure. it will go yeah for sure and next time you come you mm, you come to the to one of our parties as well I will thank you thank you hope you enjoyed this podcast interview and gathered some great insights of the local scene in Sofia, Bulgaria. There is also a travel guide about Sofia coming, so yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Rock and roll and stay tuned. <laughs>